Good morning, everybody. Wow, what a what a story. What an account. Praise God. He is faithful. Today we're going to talk about the fact that God is faithful. And uh, let's open with prayer. I'm on. <laughs> Father, we... Oh, no, no, it's really working. Father, we... Uh, we thank you, we praise you for your faithfulness and for your goodness, Lord. Um, you who are faithful to the Israelites have promised to be faithful to us. Lord, today as we hear your word, please speak to our hearts and apply it to our lives. Help us to trust in you and walk in obedience to your word by your grace, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, I wanna start out, I wanna look at Psalm 138, verses seven to eight. And see if, this, see if this message rings true to you. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve my life. You stretch out your hand against the anger of my foes. With your right hand, you save me. The Lord will vindicate me. Your love, Lord, endures forever. Do not abandon the works of your hands. That, that last phrase, do not abandon the works of your hands. Um, have you ever created a work of art? Now you, might, you might say, I am not an artist. I'm not a sculptor or a painter or a, I don't draw. Um, but every, I think God is creative. God is an artist and he's put some of that in each one of us. You might create a delicious meal or you might create uh, an engaging lesson plan for your students. You might create uh, a, a well, stylishly decorated room in your house. Um, you, you might say, uh, I just, I, I know how to create a mess. But everybody creates, everybody creates something. And, um, you know, the thing about that is um, a work of art. You want to do your best to make sure that nothing or nobody will ruin it, Right? And you try your best to protect it or see it through to its successful fulfillment. Now, I, I see myself as an artist at heart. And, uh, but, but lately, some of the main kinds of works of art that I do are birthday cakes. And uh, it's, it's an unusual form of art because as soon as you create it and it's done, uh, it is destined to be destroyed. And sometimes you help to destroy it and you enjoy doing it. Um, but I'm thankful for photography, you know, because un until I have um, photographed that cake well and seen it through to the successful singing of happy birthday to you, uh, I will do whatever I can to protect that work of art and see it through. Now, um, God is the ultimate creator and we are his greatest masterpieces. Amen? Do you believe that about yourself? We are his children. His artwork not only extends to who we are, but it also involves the life that we live and the successful completion of his purposes, his story that he wants to happen for our lives. 
Um, God has a plan for you and for me. And uh, that is as important to him as who we are. Um, we are the works of his hands. As much as we do not want him to abandon us to destruction, he feels the same way about us because we are his works. We are his children. He is not willing to see us uh, and the purposes for our lives destroyed. Um, but he's faithful to protect us, care for us, and see us through to the successful fulfillment of our lives. Um, the lives that he's planned for us. Hebrews 10.23 says this, Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. Um, you know, we. how many of you have gone through troubles? Everybody hold up both hands. When we face attacks, when we're waiting for breakthroughs, um, our trust in God's faithfulness gets tested. But that's a good thing. That's an important thing. He lets that happen on purpose because testing um, takes our faith and turns it from theory into substance or into practice. You know what I'm saying? Um, in 1 Peter 1, 6 and 7, it says... In all this, you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Um, don't ever think that a trial is worthless, pointless, or meaningless in your life. Um, because here it says, um, the proving of your faith is, a, is of greater worth than gold. The Psalms often show this struggle for God's people to trust him and his faithfulness through the trials in our lives. Um, and Psalm 77 sheds light on this process. The psalmist right, says, I cried out to God for help. I cried out to God to hear me. When I was in distress, I sought the Lord. And I'll pause there for a second just to say, God's faithfulness is most efficacious um, it <laughs> that word popped into my mind last night. Uh, it means um, produce the will produce the desired results. Uh, it's most efficacious um, when we call on Him. To when we seek Him, in other words. Um, if we, we can't say, well, God is faithful if I have not called on him, if I have not asked him for help. You know, we need to ask him for help. And that's what the psalmist does. He says, at night I stretched out untiring hands 
and I would not be comforted. I remembered you, God, and I groaned. What does that mean? I remembered you and I groaned. Maybe because you think of God and you think of his promise and then you think, I am not walking in this. This has not happened to me. God has not come through for me yet. And um, he says, I remembered you, God, and I groaned. I meditated and my spirit grew faint. You kept my eyes from closing. I was too troubled to speak. I thought about the former days, the years of long ago. I remembered my songs in the night. My heart meditated and my spirit asked, Will the Lord reject forever? Will he never show his favor again? Has his unfailing love vanished forever? Has his promise failed for all time? Has God forgotten to be merciful? Has he in anger withheld his compassion? Pause there again. Have you ever asked, have you ever been in a situation where you ask questions like those? I think, I think we all have. Those thoughts come to us. You know, we get in those situations. Um, you know, as I think about it, I think at the root of those questions, maybe it's not God, the fact that God is good or that God is powerful enough, but at the root of it might be the fact that um, we know our own sins and failures and the fact that is God, does God even want to be faithful to me? Or does God, is God able to be faithful to me? Or have I messed it up myself? Have, has my, my weakness overcome his faithfulness? But you know what it says uh, in the Bible? When we are faithless, he is still faithful. For he cannot disown himself. You know, I think it's, it's normal to, to feel, these are feelings, right? And uh, we know we, we should not be led by our feelings. Um, they're temptations, temptations to believe something that's not true about God. It's not wrong to feel those things, but the question is, what are we gonna do with this? How are we gonna handle it when, when we're in that situation and we feel this way in our thinking? And that, so this is where we come to the turning point in the psalm. A lot of psalms have a turning point uh, because he pours out his heart to God and then uh, he comes back to God's character. So in verse 10 he says, Then I thought, to this I will appeal. The years when the Most High stretched out his right hand I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago. I will consider all your works and meditate on all your mighty deeds. You know, that's, here's the key, I think. Remembering. How much time do we spend meditating on what God has done for us in the past? us or other people? How, many how much time do we spend remembering how God has come through for us in the past 
or how he's come through for someone else. If he did it in the past, why won't he do it now and in the future? Verse 13, your ways, God, are holy. What does holy mean? Well, I think some words that would describe it right, fair, good all the time. That's holy. He's perfect, perfectly good, awesome. What God is as great as our God? You are the God who performs miracles. He intervenes supernaturally. We should expect we should expect him to intervene supernaturally or naturally. <laughs> is it working? Ah, <laughs> oh, praise God. He did it again. You display your power among the peoples. With your right with your mighty arm, you redeemed your people, the descendants of Jacob and Joseph. So the rest of the psalm, it goes on to describe the children of Israel. The story, I think it refers to the story that Kathy read for the scripture reading. And uh, how God led Moses and Israelites. He led them right into a tight spot, didn't he? And uh, people have done research about where the children of Israel crossed when they left Egypt. And I, and, uh, I, th- I believe they've found a place uh, where they crossed. They went across the Sinai Peninsula and th- through narrow passes through mountains until they got to the uh, what's known as the Red Sea. It's, all, it's specifically known as the Gulf of Aqaba. And uh, if you look up there right, right under where it says Egypt, there's, there's a thin path through those high mountains. And it goes to a place where there's, there's like a big sandy beach and it sticks out and um, it's a place where the Israelites would have been able to gather there. God led them there by the, it wasn't Moses' idea, it, it's God led them there and, uh, and that's when Pharaoh decided to come pursue them and it was God who stirred up his heart. Because you know what? God was laying a trap for Pharaoh. And he wanted to teach his children something too. He wanted to test their faith. And their faith was very young yet, right? And, and so you can just imagine, they went through the narrow pass. There is nowhere for them to go. They are literally trapped between rocks and a, a wet place, right? <laughs> uh, they have nowhere to go. And so... You know, we look at what they said, you know, and we think, how did they get so sarcastic against God so quickly? You know, was it, was it because there were not enough graves in Egypt that you let us out here to, you know, they had just been delivered. I don't know how many days, but they had just been delivered out of bondage in Egypt by those 10 plagues and all the miracles God did. I mean, it was amazing stuff. And here they are, st- stuck on this beach, but if we imagine ourselves in the same situation, it's like, what are we going to do? And God brought them to that place. And, uh, and so we know what happened. God was about to do another miracle. It's kind of like the guy on the A-team. I love it when a plan comes together. 
You know, that's what God's saying. <laughs> the people weren't exactly thinking the same thing until afterwards. Um, and we know what happened. Uh, it's very interesting because that spot, if you go back to the last slide, Andrew, the, that spot where they cross, that's the only spot where, where the sea does not dip way down into a, a ravine. Uh, but there's, it's relatively flat for them to go down and through. And um, as they have done research, if you go forward two slides, as, or look at the next slide, they, they sent some divers down there with cameras or some robotic things, and they found chariot wheels. <laughs> I mean, the wood is not there anymore. Coral grows over, but there's these like, Strange things where there's, there's not coral grown in a whole uh, reef. It's just here and there. And the coral is in the shape of um, wheels and axles. And uh, there's even, if you look up in the upper left-hand corner, there's like gold-plated wheel that's hollow. Um, and and they're, the, they're, they're Egyptian chariot wheels uh, <laughs> that, they, that they found in there. And uh, it's just, just amazing. He, he destroyed Pharaoh's army and he tested their faith and proved himself faithful. The psalm finishes in verse 19 and 20 this way. Your path led through the sea, your way through the mighty waters, though your footprints were not seen. I think that's an interesting phrase. You know, Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is the evidence of things hoped for, the assurance of things not seen. And uh, you wouldn't expect God's path to go through the sea. I mean, but God is able, right? And sometimes it's that way in our lives too. He has a path for our lives, but it's not always the way or the place that we expect. Sometimes he takes us through an impossibility you know what I mean? To get where he wants us to go. But he is faithful. Um, he says, you led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. So I would say God is our shepherd and he leads us in paths of righteousness. But it is not always the path that we expected on, but we need to trust he is faithful to lead us. Amen? Uh, when I think about our married life, Kathy's and my married life together, there are two particular crises that stand out when we remember um, that really challenged our trust in God's faithfulness. I'm going to read them so I get all the details correct. Um, the first one is, uh, is about children. When we got married in 1993, one of our biggest desires was to have children. Before I even dated Kathy, I knew, I had heard that she had said she wanted a dozen children. <laughs> Evidently, that didn't deter me. Although, uh, uh, we have since certainly revised that number down. Four, four is a good number. Uh, it, it took us a relatively long time to conceive for the first time. So in the fall of 1997, we were very excited that Kathy finally had become pregnant. But just before Christmas, at about three months along, she had a miscarriage. 
I don't need to cry about this now. Um, besides grieving our child, we felt very discouraged. Like, it seems strange now, but are we ever going to have kids? You know? And, um, well, time went on. We were really blessed by, through that, we came to know the love of our brothers and sisters here in this church and other places very much. But uh, by the next June, um, just before the baby's due date, we were at a family reunion in Indiana, and our five-year-old niece walked up to Kathy, patted Kathy's belly. It wasn't quite that big yet. And, uh, and she prophesied, there's a little baby in there, but he's really small, and he needs to get bigger before he comes out. Just randomly, in, in the bathroom one morning, Kathy was brushing her hair or something. This, this little five-year-old niece prophesied. And sure enough, we confirmed a couple weeks later that we were pregnant with Caleb. Still, we were a little nervous from the first experience. Uh, then one Sunday morning, about the three-month mark, I think it was in September maybe, uh, Kathy started experiencing the same symptoms that she had at the beginning of the miscarriage. And it was like, here we go, what's going on? God, has, have you forgotten to be faithful? And um, it seemed like our first fears might be happening. I remember we missed church, but several couples came over after church to pray for Kathy and the baby. And after that, everything went fine. And Caleb was born without problems. And we've got our, we, we went on to have our four wonderful children. And uh, it's hard to think back now and imagine how discouraged and fearful we felt at that time. You know, in hindsight, we see his faithfulness. Um, but the Lord has proved himself completely faithful to provide us with a family. So that is one testimony that we look back on. Another one had to do with our calling to work in China. And uh, you know, through prophecy, the Lord had told me in 1991 uh, that we would serve him in China. And in the fall of 2004, after living in China for three years, we unexpectedly received an, an indirect message from our, our boss at the university in China, our foreign affairs director, basically saying uh, they were looking to replace us. He was talking to our leader who had come to visit with him. And um, he also said that there were some foreigners that were uh, teaching the Bible on campus and it had better stop. Well, we were doing that. We weren't supposed to do that, but sometimes you obey God rather than men, right? And so I, to tell you the truth, when we heard that, it was pretty shocking for us and also... Um, Grieving, because uh, we'd been there for three, three and a half years, but we weren't ready to quit there. Uh, we didn't feel like it was time to be done. And, uh, but it felt like we were getting pushed out. And I prayed about it, which is a good thing to do. And as I prayed, uh, I remember I felt the Lord say, He said, I have not caused this storm, so don't be dismayed. It will blow over, blow over, 
keep doing what you've been doing. Uh, we were discipling some kids or teaching the Bible to them in our home at that time. And the next passage that we were going to go over the following week was in Acts chapter 4 when the disciples, the, the apostles, told the Pharisees, well, who, judge for yourselves, should we obey you or God? <laughs> you know? So um, God spoke and uh, encouraged us. Now at the same time, uh, that fall, Kathy had received some worrisome reports about the baby that this time she was pregnant with Faith and uh, a test that said she might uh, have uh, uh, some kind of, be born with some kind of disability or something. and um, Also a concern about how big she was going to get. And a, a doctor who had spoken to her when Caleb was born said, you'll never deliver a baby this big again without a C-section. And stuff like that. And... During the previous summer, before all of this happened, and praying, I'd felt like the Lord wanted us to name the baby Faith Elizabeth if, if, it, was, if it were a girl. And that, that means belief in God's promises. And Faith was born late, like over a week late, on January 21st. No C-section, no anything. In fact, Kathy woke up that morning, early in the morning, and she just had this feeling, a word of knowledge from the Holy Spirit that the baby was going to be born around noon. Well, 11.30, the doctor, uh, there were some issues with the delivery, and the doctor's like, you got half an hour or more, and otherwise we're going to do a C-section. Chinese doctors love doing C-sections, so... Um, Kathy didn't want one though, and uh, but she knew at that time. Well, the Lord said it would be born at noon, so it's going to be all right. So, and sure enough, everything was fine. Uh, but that's not all. That evening, our foreign affairs director and his assistant visited us in the hospital, and uh, gave us a little gift. And at the time, said, "Oh, by the way." Um, He said, oh, by the way, we'd like to invite you back to teach again next year. Um, <laughs> and um, did I mention that the baby's name is Faith Elizabeth? Faith in God's promises. And uh, she's not a baby anymore, though. Um, but he, he was just teaching us a hand-tailored lesson. You know what I mean? And he does that for all of us in our lives. He brings us through things that test our faith because it, he wants our faith to become real. Well, we got the lesson. Uh, so today, now we look back on things like that and other things and just we can remember how God faithfully cared for us in those situations. And I'll bet you can too. Uh, we're encouraged to rest in his peace no matter what situation comes up, knowing that he who is faithful to watch over us in the past will continue to be faithful to us in the future. Amen? Uh, in my quiet time recently, I felt like the Lord said this. 
I do not abandon the works of my hands. But do you trust me? Will you abandon yourself to my care? Will you walk in obedience the path I lead you on, knowing that I will be with you to save, that I will not fail you? Give yourself wholly to me and commit your way to me. Then you can walk in my peace and quiet trust and you will hear my voice and be led by me. I love you and desire this kind of healthy relationship with you. Praise the Lord. What a good word. You know, but that's his, he's, his promise. I will not abandon the work of my hands. But it's a question for us and for me. But do you trust me? Trust me enough to obey and keep walking, whatever the situation is. Uh, so it's like this. When trials come, do you remember what God has done for you in the past? Not just you, but other people too. Sometimes we, sometimes we can't think of, oh, I can't think of it right now. What has God done for me? Well, what has God done for somebody else? Open your Bible. What did God do there? Right? It's the same God and... Um, other, we are not that special that God wouldn't do for us what he is, does for everybody else. True? He, remember his words and actions and know that he will continue to be faithful to you. I just want to read again one verse uh, from the story about Moses and the Israelites. Moses answered the people, do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Amen. Let's pray. Hallelujah, Father. Lord, we are, we are so grateful for your faithfulness to us. Though, we though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve my life. Do not abandon the works of your hands. And Lord, I don't know what whatever each of us is going through right now. I know some things. Lord, we don't know what we're going to go through in the future. But the one thing that we do know is that you are faithful. And your word is true. Your promises are true. You have proven yourselves and you desire to prove yourself again and again in our lives. So Lord, we humble ourselves before you and we give thanks. And we declare you are faithful. We believe your word. We believe your promises. We believe that you are good. So Father, we lay down before you our lives and the path that you have chosen for us and we say we want to follow you. We want to obey you. We want to walk. Grant us the courage and the grace to walk with you. Lord, help us to rest in the midst of trials. Help us to have your peace so that in those situations we may hear your voice. We may hear your spirit speaking to us very clearly. This is the way. Walk in it. Lord, we trust in you. 
We give thanks to you for your goodness to us. In Jesus' name, amen. I just want to encourage you that um, as you go on today uh, to make a point, maybe at lunchtime with the the people that you're with, um, tell some testimonies. If you're by yourself, tell yourself some testimonies. Talk to yourself and remember what God has done for you. Remember those things because he is faithful.